0: A bunch of crazy dogs, that's some fun.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Maddie Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys Season 4. This, of course, is our look at the upcoming week one games across the NFL. And in this episode, we cover our regular weekly picks, Andy's total tease. I might even throw a total tease in there and we'll get to your news of the week. But first with me, as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, Andy, we haven't done this since February and man, I missed you. This is Andy, the prognosticator atridge. Uh, you know, our last podcast was a Super Bowl episode in February. I know you are a Niners fan. How have you been?
2: I'll be honest with you, Maddie. After they coughed up that 10 point fourth quarter lead, um, I was a little miffed. Rearranged my basement with a baseball bat, and to make a long story short, I suffered a major concussion and went into a coma until just this morning. So I'll ask you, did anything happen while I was out?
1: In 2020? Nah. Same old, same old. Let's move on to news of the week.
2: A young woman who was declared dead at her suburban Detroit home opened her eyes at the funeral home as she was about to be embalmed. Paramedics tried to revive the woman for 30 minutes and consulted an emergency room doctor. The doctor pronounced the patient deceased based on medical information provided from the scene. But then came a startling discovery at the James H. Cole funeral home in Detroit. The woman was still alive. It's alive!
1: I think this is an accurate reflection of the state of science in 2020's America. It's a damn good thing this woman was being involved and uh, not cremated. <laughs> New evidence suggests the Lystrosaurus species that roamed the Earth with the dinosaurs went into a state of hibernation to survive what is modern-day Antarctica. The Lystrosaurus is a mammal-like animal from the early Triassic period that roamed over 250 million years ago. It has tusks like an elephant and a beak similar to a turtle, and it's roughly the size of a pig.
2: Apparently, the researchers said they cannot definitively prove Lystrosaurus went into true hibernation as we know it. But it was last seen at an NFL owners meeting representing the Dallas Cowboys.
1: I want me some glory, hole. Earlier this summer, Toronto Blue Jays backup catcher Reese McGuire was arrested for, quote, exposure of sexual organs, end quote. McGuire was at a strip mall in Dunedin, Florida, where he was spotted in an SUV exposing himself. Allegedly, Mr. McGuire was <clears throat> punching the clown. Only don't
2: play that. Upon questioning by the police, McGuire pleaded that he was simply trying to exhibit behavior that was indicative of a true Florida resident. In addition to the arrest, he was given the keys to the city by Dundee's mayor and proclaimed the Florida Man of the Day by the governor.
1: And what do the uh, Toronto Blue Jays and Reese McGuire have in common?
2: I don't know, Maddie. Fill me in.
1: They're always caught beating themselves. Nope.
2: Earlier this week on the Thoughts Next Door podcast, Slim Danger, Chief Keith's baby mama, dropped a huge bomb on the NFL world. Pun intended. Ms. Danger claimed that Odell Beckham Jr. likes to get shit on in the bedroom. Gonna do what? Here's the audio.
0: You got you can keep it. Oh! <laughs> Bombs! Okay, I will tell y'all the story. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. We're, We're allegedly. avoiding lawsuits here. Okay, allegedly. <laughs> we're dodging okay yes he loves to be shitted
1: on you know andy it's it's really strange up until now i've never thought of odell beckham jr as a number two receiver
2: that's nasty well i guess now we all know what ojb meant when he said that he was taking the browns all the way
1: but for all you obj haters out there who said he can't catch shit you're looking pretty silly now aren't you clean up on Because there's a cleanup on aisle three as a man is down.
2: It was like a scene right out of Jurassic Park when two gator hunters pulled a massive alligator out of a Mississippi marsh. I said, We have a dinosaur. This thing is huge, John Ladder told CNN. Turns out they hooked the notorious one eyed giant of the Jordan River, the Gator Wade. 477.6 pounds and was 12 feet long it took three hours to get the gator into the boat and when they got the gator to shore they had to use a tractor to remove it
1: man the last time anyone saw something from mississippi that had one eye and weighed almost 500 pounds brett Favre was bringing his high school date to the prom i just ripped a big one today. that's a thing of beauty that must have been something i eat Man, I've been waiting, well, since February to say this. Andy, let's fire it up. It's time for our weekly picks.
0: All right, all right, all right. It's
1: the first game on the docket it has my Chicago Bears taking on the Detroit Lions. The uh, game is in Detroit. Detroit is favored by three points with a 44 and a half over under, uh, you know, a lot of pro football is looking at my bears to finish like in the mid twenties, as far as their ranking in the NFL. And I think they're selling the bears a little bit short on
2: that. Well, I mean, this is your Chicago bears and the Detroit lions. This is your account in the NFC North, but let me ask you a question. They've got Mitchell Trubisky. Who's done nothing. And they have Nick Foles, who's a Super Bowl MVP. And guess who they're starting? I'm sorry. Did I miss a memo here? Oh, hey, like, dude, just, it, you're,
1: you're, you're preaching to the choir. I don't understand why Ryan Pace, the Bears GM, would go out and grab himself a quarterback he's paying in the neighborhood of $20 million to for the year yeah. to sit on the bench. Like, I mean, now that probably means Trubisky has a short lead. Right, he's got a he's got a short leash on him, and they're not gonna like. I mean, if he if a couple get away from him, uh, and I'm not talking right, about in game, I mean, one, I, I I'm not I talking about game one. I'm not talking about game one either. And no. by the way, for all you Bears fan listening, I haven't abandoned Mitch because whoever our quarterback is on game day is who I ride with. I'm a Bears fan of course I'm cheering for Trubisky to do well. I just find that with some of the other holes on the bears roster that pace decided to devote that much to a back, that much money to a backup quarterback uh, when they, get you know, have some O line issues and other places they'd love to, you know, they still haven't signed Robinson yet. And that to me is mind blowing. He's the only guy that makes downfield uh, catches yeah. even remotely consistency for the bears. So I, I have no idea what's going on. It's like a, Keystone cops going on there in, in Hallis hall.
2: Well, I mean, talking about spending money, they went out and acquired, uh, all pro tight end, Jimmy Graham for a 9 million guaranteed, $9 million guaranteed contract for two years with a no trade clause. And also they've got Cole Komet, very, uh, very serviceable. So go I Irish. See them, go Irish. And so you're going to see them use a, a 12 set with two tight ends quite frequently, now with Montgomery out, and apparently Nagy was not a big fan of Montgomery anyway, but Cordell Patterson is now practicing as a running back. So look for them to have a really conservative style offense with a lot of short plays underneath the tight ends and Tariq Cohen, who is just as good catching the ball as he is rushing it.
1: Now you mentioned Patterson. That, as strange as this may sound, might be an upgrade for the Bears over Montgomery. I like Montgomery, don't get me wrong, but Patterson's got that extra gear. He's got that, you know, Tyreek Hill kind of speed. So if the Bears can use this guy to get him into space, what's great about it is Mitch Trubisky is not super awesome passing downfield plus twenty yards. But if they can get a guy like Patterson into space somewhere in the flats or kind of heading up the sideline, you know, he could cr- do a lot to get those extra yards after the catch.
2: Well, it's gonna look like a West Coast offense. <laughs>
1: Now I do have to say, I do have to say, the Bears are the only team in the NFL in the NFL's history that have never had a four thousand yard passer in a season. Now, here is a piece of trivia for you, Andy. Uh-oh. Who holds the Bears record for most yards in a season? And don't say Jay Cutler.
2: I was going to say, Jay Cutler.
1: <laughs> I know you were, I know you were. So I saved um, you from that embarrassment.
2: Well, I'm not getting too. it certainly wasn't Jim McMahon. Um, nope. Journeyman of some sort. Uh,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, he was definitely a journeyman. It was uh, Eric Kramer. If you believe it. Oh no. 1995, oh, uh, Eric Kramer threw for 3,838 yards and actually 29 passing touchdowns. So both of those are Chicago bears records.
2: He was, I think of him as a uh, Seattle Seahawk, is he not? Anyway, Um, on the other side of the ball, we've got the Lions from Detroit, who, contrary to popular opinion, I believe, look pretty good this year. Uh, They just added, you know, albeit an agent, Adrian Peterson, to their backfield, but he's still got a bit of uh, gas left in the tank, and I think that's just a great addition to balance the load of Kerryon Johnson and Bo Scarborough. And I really think this is going to be a breakout year for young Kelly Galladay, who had almost 1,200 yards receiving last year in a season which Matthew Stafford only played in eight games. And of the eight games he did not start, they lost all of them. So I'm looking for their offense to be a little more balanced than they typically have been in the past. So, you know, three points at home, um, probably a coin flip here, but I'm going to take the Lions on this one.
1: Now. I actually like Matt Stafford as an athlete. Just to show him some love, I'm going to say, like he's averaged 20.8 fantasy points per game through the first nine games last year before injury. Now, that was sixth most among quarterbacks. Uh, He also attempted a deep pass on 16.5% of his attempts. That was the most in the NFL. Problem with Matt Stafford is his body is being held together by clothespins that doctors have inserted all over. Like he is, I don't know if he's ever going to play a full season again. And I, I really hope he does. And I'm not a ghoul. I do not cheer for injuries, but as far as this game goes, I know it's in Detroit, but Detroit's favored by three points. And I consider them the New York jets of the NFC Norris. So I'm going with the bears. bears, not just on the point spread. I'm taking them. On the money line, it's your money line, Maddie. Pick.
2: Wow, Maddie, money line, Maddie. Okay.
1: Um, the I LOL Lions close. are going down.
2: Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, and you throw heard this from me there. in Week One. I heard it. Lions, don't be surprised if they're sitting at the top of the division at the end of the at the end of the season. Just saying. Just saying.
0: Are you seeing a psychiatrist? Because I got a flash for you, young man. You're non copus mentis. <laughs>
1: Well, next we hit up Charm City, and the Baltimore Ravens sit at eight-point home favorites to the Cleveland Browns. There's a 48 and a half over/under. I kind of like the over on this one, to tell you the truth. And uh, Baltimore, well. They've got one of the most exciting players in the game in Lamar Jackson. I'll tell you that, man, that guy can flat out ball. He outscored the next closest quarterback by 78 fantasy points last season, even though he sat out week 17. And uh, let's not forget last time they met. They met in uh, December 2019, 31-15 Baltimore Ravens. And uh, I really don't see Cleveland. What? What? what have they done what have they you well you uh, tell me because you're going to go through this i know you're going to make the case for the browns okay. i have a i have a feeling you're going to
2: <laughs>
1: that kind of more. guy
2: okay so you know, we'll talk about cleveland first so exit freddie kitchens and now enter kevin stefanski and I actually do like the Lions. I look for them to be a pretty good team this year.
1: You mean the Browns? You know, I love that you the called Browns. them. I love that you called the Browns because they're such losers. The Lions, which means a Freudian slip that you. No, no, no. I said like, like the, the
2: Lions winning their division. Oh, I think like they're going the exceed Lions. expectations. Okay. And you remember so, that last eh? going into last year, um, you know, following their little docuseries that they had high expectations and they just. They just couldn't get together despite a whole wealth of talent on the team. And I think Stefanski is an excellent fit. I mean, they've got talent at every skilled position. And all they did in the offseason was beefed up their O-line by adding free agent Jack Conklin and drafting uh, Jedrick Willis Jr. out of Alabama. And that's only going to improve their situation. Uh, Last year, that O-line allowed 40 sacks. So you can imagine what that did for Baker Mayfield.
1: I think Baker Mayfield, and I, I'll, I'll say this even though I'm not his biggest fan, he did get kind of screwed last year with the fact that yeah, he had sure. less than three seconds to throw a football. I mean, if you're doing a five- or seven-step drop, it means like your back foot's hitting the ground, and if the ball's not out of your hands, you're on the ground or running for your life. That Nobody, I don't care who you are, the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history can't perform under that kind of pressure. So it, no. it, good on Cleveland for doing that. Uh, their defense still is pretty good, but it's the same defense yeah. that could not handle Baltimore last year. Like, geez, I haven't even talked about anybody else. Jackson alone had more total touchdowns, 43, than the whole Baltimore team Ravens did had punts, 41. And then you look on the other side of the ball, the Browns would have to win. I looked this up today. The Browns would have to win 133 straight games to have a 500 record since returning to Cleveland in '99.
2: Oh, that could that could happen. That
1: could happen.
0: It might happen. Yeah,
1: and monkeys might fly out of my butt. Like I, I just, not I, I can't. They're in Baltimore. If this were in Cleveland, I might. And it was an eight point for Baltimore. I would say no. I'm taking the okay. Baltimore so look- Ravens.
2: Okay, so let me talk about Baltimore for a second. So you're right. They were a great team last year. You've
1: got something to say about Baltimore, do you?
0: Well, isn't that special?
2: Yeah, and I'm (laughs) going to say that they got even better than they did last year. They did. So they had a top-ranked defense, and who did they add? Calais Campbell from the Jags. For what? A fifth-round pick? I'll call that the steal of the century. Yes. Uh, The rushing attack. Just let me put this in perspective, okay? So my 49ers had the second most rushing yards in the league with 2,305. The Ravens had almost a 1,000 yards more at 3,296. And as credible that was, they, uh, they drafted Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State. And what I like about their offense is that it's simple. Um, they, they don't do a lot of flashy stuff, um, not a lot of uh, pre-snap movement. And now they've got the same offensive coordinator and Greg Roman, also from my 49ers, and their defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, uh, you know, just rounds out the fact that their entire uh, head coaching staff is in place. So there's a lot of continuity there that I like. Last year, they had a 12-game winning streak going, and that was the longest in the league since 2015. And then they had that unpredictable and embarrassing loss to the Titans in their playoff game, 28-12. to Yeah, these guys are angry and they're hyped. And they're probably approaching the season like a caged animal. But what I see Cleveland doing is a backdoor cover. I think they're gonna take they'll have a propensity to take the foot off the gas a little bit in the fourth quarter if they've got a decent lead. Um, not to risk injury. Again, this will be approached like a preseason game a little bit. So I just like the backdoor cover on the Browns. I don't love them to death on this one, but um, that's what I'm going with. I wanna be your backdoor man. <laughs>
0: Goal Vikings, let's win this game. Goal Vikings, honor your name. Go get that
1: first down, then get a touchdown. Rock 'em. Sock em. Alright, another Vikings. NFC North matchup. And uh this one we go to Minnesota. And uh, well, they're two and a half point favorites on the visiting Green Bay Packers. Uh forty-five and a half is the over-under. Now the thing is. Uh, Green Bay has no problem winning in Minnesota. Their last meeting, Green Bay 23, Minnesota 10 last December. And Rodgers has the highest passer rating, 107.2 versus Minnesota among any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. So he likes playing the Minnesota Vikings. Add to that, Mr. Rodgers is playing for his job. Uh, Obviously, they drafted quarterback Jordan Love with their first round pick. Uh, The Packers did. That angered Rodgers. And uh, before uh, we get into this game, a juicy bit of gossip, which I thought was uh, pretty funny during camp. According to Packers uh, reporter Matt Schneidman, Rodgers did the quote "suck it" unquote crotch chop in the direction of love after completing a sixty-yard bomb to Devontae Adams during eleven on eleven. So uh, I don't think there's going to be oh yeah, there's going to be no mentor mentee relationship there.
2: (laughs) S I I did a whole article last week about how he was you know how he's going to go about mentoring him. No no no, that's not how this this works at all. Uh, Every I've got a lot of Packers. Uh, friends as fans, and my gosh, they were scratching their head as much as anyone. That that didn't make any sense to me, uh, because Mm -hmm. there were so many other positions where they needed help. Uh, You know, they drafted A.J. Dillon out of Boston College, um, but that was a position that was already well healed. no pun intended. Um, (laughs) They did pick up wide receiver Devin Funches, right? But now he's out. He opted out for COVID reasons. So who the hell is Aaron Rodgers going to be throwing to? I don't know. And you know what? Uh, with the Vikings, you know, Gary Kubiak is really conservative, but you're going to see a big dose of Dalvin Cook, which is but great. Is, but is, yeah, I was going to say, is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I mean, they should, you know, shipping Stefan Diggs off to Buffalo uh, was almost, it had to happen just because of their salary cap issues. But that included a first round draft pick, which is good for them in the future. But, I don't think Minnesota has changed much this year, and I think Green Bay has is downgraded a little bit. So I'm taking I'm if it's, if it's less than a field goal, I'm taking Minnesota at home here, dude.
1: Yeah, you know, I like I, I said all that stuff about the Packers earlier, and everybody knows that I think the Packers suck.
2: Everybody knows that the Packers suck
1: I do wanna talk about uh you know, Adams 127 targets last year that was 71 more than the next highest packers re- wide receiver so if aaron Rodgers doesn't learn how to spread out the ball either he, like, what he doesn't think other teams break down game film you he know, can't well, go to just somebody some
2: dub- double coverage on him or, i mean yeah. you know the schemes right They're yeah just, of course you got it's, a shadow to like, be he- fair
1: Oh, no, not at all. Now, Cousins had uh, fewer than nine fantasy points in both games versus the Packers last season, but I actually expect him to kind of bounce back this year. And uh, you said the magic word earlier, though, Dalvin Cook. I love that guy. I hate that he's on the Minnesota Vikings, but I love a good running back that can just make dudes bounce off him. And that's what he's got. He's he's the throwback. You don't see many guys like that anymore that can be an every-down back, uh, that yep. you know have hands coming out of the backfield but can run it between the tackles just as well. And I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, especially since this is under three points. I mean if you're gonna give me a home team in the NFL on week one, uh, less than three points, I'm gonna take the Vikings as well. You
0: know what I'm
2: in the mood for? Screaming Viking. Screaming Viking Screaming, screaming Viking Vi. Yeah, screaming yeah. viking
0: yeah, screaming yeah, Viking. Yeah. You can't mess with the big chat, Little chat, Miss with the big cats, big cats. Look here, this is our house
1: honda jacksonville where the jacksonville jaguars sit at uh, well eight point underdogs at home against the visiting indianapolis colts uh the over under sitting at 44 and a half now the last meeting was uh jags 38 colts 20 however they didn't have philip rivers playing quarterback for indy as well um you know Jags rush game game was non-existent last year. Uh, three rush touchdowns it, all season. That's actually the fewest since the 2005 Cardinals and uh, no more Leonard Fournette. So, you know, I mean, they, they're actually, the Jags are starting an undrafted free agent, James Robinson.
2: Yeah. I mean, if, if you recall, midway through last season, they shipped all pro cornerback uh, Jalen Ramsey off to the Rams. And that was falling to standoff with the front office. And then this past offseason, they quote unquote dealt Calais Campbell to the Ravens, which you just talked about for a fifth round pick. Then Yannick and agreed to a pay cut just so he could be traded to the Vikings. And one day later, then it was announced that Leonard Fournette had cut ties with the team. And so there would be feature back, who just said, you know, they've got three rushing touchdowns, but he accounted for more than 30% of all their yards last season. Sorry, did I miss a memo here? But did owner Shad Khan hire Pee Wee Herman as their GM after last season? This is crack. Rock cocaine. (laughs) The Jags still have a very capable head coach in Doug Marone. Couple that with the September heat of Florida. And I will be taking... I'm just messing with you. I'm taking the Colts. (laughs) I I I I don't care if it's 18 points. There's no way... I think Jacksonville, they're lucky if they win one game this season. But this brings up a very good question, Matty. On a side note, what do you think they're going to call that big hot tub in the north end zone of Everbank Field? How about
1: the soak and poke at the COVID jizz float?
2: That's nasty. All
1: right, before we start, uh, we completely trash the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do want to gush a little bit about my guy, Gardner Minshew II. All right? He was the 178th overall pick, and he had a comparable rookie year to Kyler Murray, who was the first overall pick. So here's Murray's stats from last year. 236.6 passing yards per game, 34 rush yards per game, 1.5 touchdowns per game, and 17.8 fantasy points per game. Gardner Minshew, 233.6 pass yards per game, 24.6 rush yards per game, 1.5 touchdowns a game, and 16.4 fantasy points per game. And also, and this will blow you away, because I had no idea until I read this next-gen stat. Minshew had a 123.3 passer rating on deep passes of more than 20 yards last year. That was the highest in the NFL.
2: Does that blow your mind? Uh, No, 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 no. Are you sure that that, uh, the Garoppolo, I thought, had that on deep passes?
1: That is not the case. I had to, I double checked that. I actually went to. No, I mean, it doesn't
2: surprise me that he was up there. I just thought that Garoppolo held that. um,
1: Oh, it surprised me. It surprised me big time. (laughs) I didn't know. Like, well, I knew he was decent. I just didn't know he was that large of a rating on, on those kind of passes. I mean, the thing thing Jacksonville's got, got going for them as well is Philip Rivers is a slow starter. He's got a 33 and 35 record in the first five games of a season throughout his career Now that does not bode well uh for the indianapolis colts and i don't like eight points man eight point teams at home i know you said you'd be lucky for teams to win one game a year i don't think Jacksonville's going to win this game but i'm taking them on the spread buddy taking jacksonville oh, plus dude, eight
2: uh, all right let me ask you just before we move on yeah ask on. ask me <laughs> go ahead who do you think is a better coach, Frank Reich or Anthony Lynn?
1: <laughs> I think Frank Wright is a hell of a okay. coach.
2: All right, oh, here. Oh no, no. So let, maybe let's maybe go. Anthony let's delve Lim into this. Little, let me. No, let me delve maybe into Anthony this Lim because had a I bit think to do with the, the first five weeks record.
1: I think that Philip Rivers is bunk. <sighs> All right. If that guy could pass as well as he procreates, then we'd be talking Hall of Fame. But until then, <laughs> no way. Carolina, where the Panthers are three-point underdogs at home against the visiting Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, The over-under on this one is 47. And, uh, well, the Raiders beat them last November, 35-32, but that was in Oakland. What do you think about this game, bud?
2: Just the fact that Las Vegas has a team now. And they're the Raiders. I can't see anything going wrong with that experiment. (laughs) I'm sure the fans in Oakland are really looking forward to the eight and a half hour drive to Sin City. We've seen Mark Davis the entire journey.
0: (laughs) My hair has to be perfect.
2: Um, But it would seem that the Raiders have beefed up their defense, um, adding linebackers Nick Kiwatowski and Corey Littleton, and also safety Jeff Heath from the Cowboys. And speaking of Cowboys, Jason Witten will be lining up as the tight end for the silver and black. Wow. Now, if you're not a big fan of Derek Carr, uh, they have backup Marcus Mariota. And if you're not a big fan of Marcus Mariota, the third stringer is Nate Peterman.
1: Nate six the other way Peterman, eh? <laughs> <laughs> only only oh. Jameis, even Jameis Winston can look at Nate Peterman and go, oh, thank God I'm not that guy.
2: That, that, guy, that guy sucks. <laughs> now in Carolina, out goes Riverboat Ronnie Rivera, and then comes head coach Matt Rule. Out goes quarterback Cam Newton and in comes journeyman Teddy Bridge over troubled water. They also have added a wide receiver, a very respectable Robbie Anderson from the Jets. Now, the biggest change for them is not having the services of Luke Heakley who recently retired to to head trauma precautionary reasons. Fortunately for him, he's able to stay with the organization as a scout. They of course have everyone's number 1 fantasy pick in Christian McCaffrey. Now, if I were to make a pick, I just think there's too many continuity issues going on with the Panthers right now. I don't care that the Raiders are on the road. um, Because if you recall, they won decisively in jolly old England last year. I'm going to be taking the Raiders on this one.
1: The Panthers D allowed 31 rushing touchdowns last year. The next closest team was 23. They haven't really done a whole heck of a lot. Christian McCaffrey... We do have to give him his due though. Like he is definitely oh, yeah. the superstar of the Carolina Panthers and even like a, a league-wide name obviously. He's he's amazing. He uh last year if McCaffrey would have stopped playing in week 12, he'd have finished first in fantasy points among running backs. That is bonkers. Mm-hmm. But that also means that they don't really have anybody else. <laughs> so I I agree with you. I I just can't see the the carolina panthers doing much of anything this year i think the raiders a lot of new life got breathed into that franchise moving into las vegas i i, I think they're going to come out strong here it's an emotion game the raiders thrive on emotion let's uh let's go raiders
0: they're raiding New England, Patriots.
1: New England. And on to Foxborough we go where the New England Patriots sit six points, favorites over division rival Miami Dolphins. The over-under on this is a very paltry 43 points. And, uh, you know, the Dolphins really kind of have the Pats number, over the last decade, like oh, even over Belichick's career, it's the Dolphins have always been that team that have kind of given them fits and starts, you know. And yeah. if you look back to their last one, uh, their last meeting, what was that, December last year? They beat the Pats 27 uh, 24, and that was in Foxborough with Fitz Magic at quarterback. Not much has changed. You think uh, adding Cam Newton, you, you think they got a shot here
2: of covering a six point well, spread? Uh, we can't, we can't talk about the Patriots without discussing their opt-out list for the season because of COVID reasons. And so we're Huge. looking at running back Brandon Bolden, fullback Danny Vitale, wide receiver Marquise Lee, tight end Matt Lacoste, offensive lineman Marcus Cannon, and Najee Torrin have opted out. And that's just on the offensive side of the ball. So you go on defense, and of course, we're all familiar with Dante Hightower and safety Patrick Chung. And they also lost on defense Kyle Noy and Jamie Collins. So I don't care if Tom Brady's not there. No one else is there either, right? So oh, the only yeah. consistency they have is in their offensive backfield, so they still have Sonny Michelle, Rex and James White. But other than that, I mean, Cam's Cam, but like, who's he going to get the ball to, and who's going to stop the ball? I, I don't understand. Um, now, you look at Miami. They've decided to go with Ryan Fitzmagic over Tua, which I think is a good idea. Um, and their starting running backs are... Your boy, Jordan Howard from the Bears from two years ago, and my boy from the 49ers from last year, Matt Burita. So they're pretty strong in the running back position. And I just.
1: Well, look at who they got receiver as well. Parker and Williams are amazing
2: targets. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm liking the points on this one and I didn't really have to think too hard about it in a divisional game like this. And that doesn't really matter for a home field advantage. uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, you know the Pats they they've got history on their side. Obviously, thirty three and seven at home over the last five seasons—that's the best in the NFL. They've also had nine or more wins in nineteen straight seasons, which is the longest streak since the merger. I think some of that dominance in the AFC East is about to wane, and that's going to start this year. If you look at what they did with Tom Brady, they always surrounded him with talent, with the exception of maybe last year. And look at what they did last year. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I can't, I, they didn't get any better. In fact, they got a heck of a lot worse, especially considering their opt out list. And if you're not going to put talent around cam Newton, he's not going to snap the ball and run it in, you know, run it every play of the game. And he's getting older now too. He's coming back from injury. You can't run that guy. I'm with you. I think six points is a lot and especially with the improvements Miami made and the fact that with an inferior team last year, they beat them on the road. I think they can do it again here. Uh, I'll take the Miami Dolphins with the points. Excellent.
0: Excellent! Excellent. One, two, three! Go Bills! Go Bills!
1: For our next game, we stay in the AFC East as the uh, Buffalo Bills are at home against the visiting New York Jets. Uh, The Bills are, uh, well, they're now minus six and a half point favorites. It started at uh, minus six and uh, well, the over under is sitting at 40. You know, their last meeting, whew, what a shootout that was. Jets won 13-6 in Buffalo.
2: Well, Maddie, <laughs> it's it's actually illegal in the state of Nevada to post a total less than 40 in the first week of the season. So that's the only reason why it isn't any lower than it is. Yep. So who, who do you want to I, talk about first?
1: Well, let's do this. I want to talk to Bill's <laughs> Mafia here because the Bill's <laughs> Mafia, I, the one, hey, man. We live in a part of Canada where we're pretty close. Like I, I'm a Bears fan, but I'll take in a, a Bills game or two every year. You know, down in Orchard Park. And the one thing I got to say about Bills Mafia, that team could go, you know, one in fifteen, and they'd still be just pumped every Sunday their team plays. And this year, uh, they got a lot to be pumped about. The fact that they are, like they just got Stephon Diggs. Uh, To Josh Allen, who had a hard time throwing deep last year because he didn't really have a guy that was a deep threat.
2: Well, I think we could safely say that we're like a Josh Allen uh, Hail Mary throw away from Orchard Park. We are. But but he would probably hit Ford Field if trying to use the same trajectory because, (laughs) as you say, he's not that accurate. In fact, if you look at his deep passing efficiency last year, He was 33rd in a league of 32 teams. Let me say that again. He was 33rd in a league of 32 teams. And as Tony Kornheiser would say, that's very, very bad. (laughs) And, And so it's puzzling because he's got, he's been renowned for one of having the biggest arms in the league, but I've heard that his intellect is a little less than stellar.
1: Oh, he's like the wild thing. Ricky Vaughn, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um,
2: so, you know, he's going to have to rely on Cole Beasley's hands. But, yeah, Stefan Diggs, uh, that's perfect. Yeah, you're right. B- Bills Mafia has a lot to look forward to. Uh, their defense has all stayed in place. The coaching staff has all stayed in place for the most part. Now, you look at the Jets. Christ. Now, you got <laughs> Jamal Adams going to Seattle. Okay. Now, couple that with an opt-out of four-time pro bowler linebacker C.J. Mosley and your defense is starting to look pretty thin. Um, The running back situation would look like the best duo in the league if it was 2013. (laughs) And, of course, I'm talking about Le'Veon Bell and the ageless Frank Gore. What I'm saying is that if Sam Darnold doesn't step up now, uh, they're going to have to look to their services of second string quarterback, and former Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco.
1: Hey, wait a second. Who is Sam Darnold? Okay, I'm not 100% (laughs) defending Sam Darnold, but who have they put around him? That poor kid. Yeah, Robbie That kid, if they were to have another book in the Bible and they took out Job, they'd put in the book of Darnold. (laughs) Because <laughs> that guy was like, could been completely shit on by God. He's got all this yeah. talent and just everything goes wrong. Kid gets mono, all that. He's a slow starter, too. I mean, he, like, he
2: been drafted by the New York Jets. Yeah. Oh, like, God. Please uh, give me mono. Please give me yeah, mono. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, last year, the first uh, five games, he went one and four, 215 yards passing per game, six touchdowns, nine picks, and only a 70 and a half passer rating. I mean, he is a slow starter, and the Jets, just their 2019 averages just sucked.
2: Yeah, Mo, that team sure
1: did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. 17.3 points per game, 273 total yards per game, and 58.7 plays per game, all at the bottom of the NFL. Couple that with, uh, well, they they're just not, they just don't have a winning culture in the Jets locker no. room. Uh, five wins or fewer in three of the last four seasons. The Bills are a team on the rise. The Jets, well, they're still the New York Jets. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, even though it's uh, six points right now.
2: Well, I think that in this game, you're going to see the top team in the AFC East and the bottom team in the AFC East at the end of the year. Oh, uh, big just, words oh, there. Oh! oh. Yeah, the oh. no, Buffalo's looking good, man. Um. You know, they lost a lot of close games last year that they could easily won and looked even better. No, I think it's uh, their time to shine. So, go Bills. Go Bill.
0: Oh, what's happening, CC? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary condition, too. Can you dig it, CC? To each his reach, and if I don't copy, it ain't mine to have. But I'll be reaching for you, because I love you, CC.
1: All right, really, uh... You know, if you're a fan of these next two teams, I'm sorry. We're not spending a lot of time on this because they stink. Uh, the Washington uh, professional football team is going to be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Washington. Washington, six-point underdogs. Uh, now it's actually gone to five-and-a-half-point underdogs, so there is some juice headed on to Washington. Uh, although Philly has won six straight over the Washington professional football team, including a 37-27 to 27 thriller last December But uh, Washington's added a new offensive coordinator, Scott Turner. Uh, He was with Carolina last year, and the Panthers were second in pass attempts. This might be a good thing for Dwayne Hopkins. What do you think?
2: Well, just before we get in there, I mean, because of that coma thing, I need to get updated. Did anything happen with Washington while I was out?
1: Oh, no, we're good. We're all good? No, they they dropped the the Redskins uh, logo and name. And I believe they're called the Washington football team for this point in time. I don't know exactly how they're going to
2: anything else uh, on like off, off the field with the cheerleaders or anything. Oh, no.
1: well, yeah. Dan Snyder, of course, reclaimed his, uh, you know, seat at the throne as the chairman of the piece of shit club with the way, uh, he allows women to be treated in his organization. And let's say, if you believe what's out there that he knowingly allowed these women to be treated like that. So I, I, this is a franchise that has a horrible culture, both in and out of the locker room. It's got to be hard to overcome for any player. You know, I feel sorry for chase young out of Ohio state. He was their uh, first round pick. Well, second overall pick uh, defensive end. Now, I mean, if I'm chase young, I'm kind of excited that Ron Rivera is my head coach though. Because sure, Rod Rivera, absolutely. if he knows anything, and I'm a Bears fan, so I know he knows how to he knows how to scheme a goddamn defense.
2: Yeah, um, and but you know what are they going to do in the running backs position? They got rid of Adrian Peterson and, and Derek Geis, well, mostly because of his off field antics. Yep. Um, but yeah, as you say, Haskins is giving the nod, been given the nod over Alex Smith, who's riding the pine. I understand that makes sense. Um, Defensively, they have added linebackers Thomas Davis, Ronald Darby, um, who's actually going up against his old team this week. And you've got Kendall Fuller, who was actually drafted by Washington, but played the last two seasons in KC, so he's back at home again. Um, Now, if you want to look at the Eagles, they. Let's look at the Eagles because they stink
1: too. I hate the NFC East. No, but they got. Trash division. They
2: resigned Deshaun Jackson, right? um yep. they added my boy marquise goodwin from the 49ers who's yeah, he's one a, of the he's, fastest guys in the league he's, uh, he's, drafted, he's okay he's okay he's okay they drafted wide receivers Jalen Roder from tcu in the first round and john hightower from boise state in the fifth round those guys run 4.47 and four point four three forties, respectively so yeah uh, but here's hang on here's the Washington's field has gone downhill
1: Okay. I agree, but you know what? You, you grab this Jalen Rager kid from TCU. That's Texas Christian. Very easy to scheme for a Christian who's a wide receiver. You just put a thing of holy water on your sideline. He'll always use his four four th- three 3-speed to go get the blessing.
2: Isn't that what they do at Notre Dame?
1: Yeah, I think they is. Well, yeah, and Notre Dame's got to do something to improve. They need to become the national champions again, as Andy and I are both... Notre Dame fans, and right now, touchdown Jesus is now passing complete Jesus. They
2: They did join better conference. (laughs) They did,
1: yeah. (laughs) But uh, back to this game, I'll tell you, I I don't like the Philadelphia Eagles because I am definitely not a Carson Wentz fan. Uh, In four seasons, Carson Wentz has zero playoff wins, forty-eight regular season fumbles. And is seven and twenty versus teams over five hundred. Well, that's not going to be a problem against the Washington (laughs) football team, but still it's a bad stat. And he's basically made of glass. Also, they've started five and or Wentz has started five and six in three of his first four seasons as a starter. I know this is going to be me being absolutely crazy. This is a crapshoot. But you know what? If you're going to give me five and a half points at home. I know it's the Washington professional football team, and I know you're going to kill me on this next week, but I'm taking... I I can't get it out. (laughs) I
2: can't get it. I know who you're taking. All uh, right. Dan Dan Snyder's (laughs) boys.
0: To Atlanta where the players play and we ride on the things like every day. Big beats hit street streets, seat gangsters roaming, and parties don't stop till eight in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we
1: ride. Yeah, let's move on to Atlanta as uh well the Falcons are at home against the visiting Seattle Seahawks. Atlanta one and a half point under dogs, forty-nine point over under. And uh well, Andy, what do you think about uh, these two game these two teams?
2: Well, if you look at last year, Seattle had four fourth quarter comebacks, and they had nine wins by a touchdown or less. And that's the most in the league in over three decades. So they've added Jamal Adams to their defensive secondary, uh, probably to fill in for Earl Thomas and uh, Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom. But you got Philip Dorsett. Now, was a nice acquisition from New England to a receiving core that already includes DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Now, Chris Carson is very capable of being uh, an RB1, carrying the lion's share of the carries, but now they've added Carlos Hyde being the RB2. So, I don't think they're going to have to rely on Little Russell to do absolutely everything like they have in the past. I think they're a little bit more balanced. And in fact, just in terms of regression analysis, um, they probably should have on more games than they did last year and Atlanta um, you know, they had Todd Gurley, but you know, we saw him in a super bowl two years ago, not doing too much. And they've also lost Austin Hooper, the tight end. who was a yeah. really nice luxury for Matt. That was, Ryan, yeah, right?
1: that was, that was a big loss. I, I <laughs> think that was their biggest offensive gap now.
2: Well, it, they had a suspected suspect offensive line. They post the worst pass blocking and run blocking stats of the Matt Ryan era last year. And the best way to describe their defense, I would say, is that they were consistently inconsistent. And for these reasons, I am taking, oh, it hurts. It hurts, Matty, the Seahawks.
1: Well, you know, Julio Jones likes playing Seattle. Uh, He's averaged 122.3 receiving yards per game versus Seattle over his career. That's the most in NFL history against the Seahawks. However, I am completely with you on this as uh, the Seahawks, Thrived in the Eastern Time Zone last year. They went six and zero in the East last year. That included the last meeting with Atlanta, as Seattle won 27-20 in Atlanta. Yeah,
2: they and, you know, traveled well. They traveled well. They, well.
1: Not just that. Since twenty twelve, the Seahawks are twenty one nine in the Eastern Time Zone. It does not What's seem be- to phase this team to go across Pete Carroll the country. Still thinks he's
2: a USC. Pete Carroll still thinks he's a USC. That's
1: why. <laughs> well, whatever he's doing, he's keeping these guys fresh when they and when most coaches like a lot of teams when they go across country there's a drop off in play there isn't as many wins and also you mentioned russell wilson which of course you have to do that when you're going to talk about the seattle seahawks Uh, he's the only quarterback to finish top 10 among fantasy quarterbacks in each of the last four years and get this if you want an in-game betting closest thing to a lock you can find Russell Wilson is 57-0 and when leading at the half in his career. Money in the bank. So obviously I'm so taking you- Seattle. Seattle, all
2: right, all right. Baby, if you've ever wondered,
0: wondered whatever became of me, I'm
2: living on the air in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati WKRP. Oh, Matty, barn burner on the docket in the next game. Who is it?
1: Oh, the excitement is just, it's palpable with this.
2: It's overwhelming. Uh,
1: yeah, I, you could cut the tension with a knife. I can't wait till Sunday afternoon to catch Cincinnati at home against the L.A. Chargers. And if you can't hear the apathy in my voice, well, I hope you can feel it. <laughs> Cincinnati point. Well, 3- Go ahead.
2: At least, at least we saw, we're we going to see two quarterbacks who played in championship games last year, although, albeit, you know, uh, NCAA championship it, yeah, games. at
1: the college level, yeah. <laughs> well, the Bengals are three-point underdogs at home against the visiting Chargers, also 44-point uh, over-under. Um, this is very interesting, though. So right now, the Chargers have Tyrod Taylor, the former Bill, as their starting quarterback. Well, in 2016 the Chargers' current head coach was Tyrod Taylor's offensive coordinator head coach at, at, uh, at, in Buffalo. So in 2016, the yeah. Bills Anthony ranked Lynn. last. Yes, yeah, sorry. What did I
2: just say? No, he didn't say anything. You just said the coach. I just want to clarify that. Oh, yes, Lynn of course. Anthony
1: Lynn is who I'm talking about. And uh, get this, in, in 2016, the Bills ranked last in the NFL in pass attempts. You know, so both Tyrod Taylor and Anthony Lynn, that doesn't sound like a, uh, I, I, I love the under on this game. So I, like that's, that's, yeah. you're laughing all the way to the bank. Like I suggest, you know, well, I don't suggest you taking your mortgage and putting it on that, but, uh, pretty much anything short of that is should be money in the bank.
2: Well, I mean, they, uh, they had some, the chargers had some salary cap issues going into the off season, but they got rid of Melvin Gordon. Uh, in favor of Austin Eckler as the feature back. Now, anyone lucky enough to have grabbed him in their fantasy team should be pretty optimistic, Austin Eckler.
1: I'm pretty excited, and for those of you that don't know, I ended up having something come up at the last minute, and I couldn't do my fantasy football team draft this year. So the prognosticator himself, Andy Attridge, actually did my fantasy draft for me this year and he killed it including getting austin eckler and oh yeah uh, russell wilson's my starting uh quarterback too he's from the right. from
2: the coma from the coma
1: from the coma you just pulled that out congratulations uh, now austin eckler so- you mentioned like if you guys are up playing fantasy he better be starting this week 20.8 fantasy points per game and seven career games without melvin gordon So that's, uh, you know, it was 11.3 points per game in all other games when Gordon was there. So the fact that Gordon's gone and Eckler's got it to himself, you can pretty much, if they're going to be scoring, it'll be Austin Eckler because there ain't anybody else on that team that's going to.
2: Well, they had, uh, the Bengals had to secure almost entirely new defensive secondary and free agency. So they got Trey Williams, Mackenzie Alexander, and Von Bell, all new to the team. Now, They they did pay the female punching Joe Mixon uh, a contract extension of $48 million over four years. So there's some continuity there. Well, that's Uh, a great get up
1: as well. I mean, he's the only player in the NFL with 2,800 or more scrimmage yards, 17 or more touchdowns, and no fumbles over the last two seasons. And he's in some pretty good company there. So that was one of the better moves that the Cincinnati Bengals have made,
2: although one of the few. Yeah. chargers they're not used to you know they're not used to having a home field advantage anyway so three points on the road not a big deal i gotta go with the lightning bolts
1: yeah i mean yeah i like the under <laughs> on this one can i pick the under no i gotta yeah, pick a t- pick i gotta that. pick it i gotta pick a team
2: you gotta pick a team maddie
1: uh, chargers let's go with the chargers They got Bosa. Superchargers. Superchargers.
2: After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the
0: blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Why you worthless hunk of junk?
1: This is your account, Andy. Uh, the defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers are at home against the Arizona Cardinals San Francisco 7-point favorites with a 46-and-a-half over-under. I mean, uh, the Niners lost a couple pieces, but uh, they still got the core of the team that took them to the NFC championship. Do you see a hangover this year for your team, or do you think they can continue where they left off? Um.
2: They- I think they're going to play as well as they did last year. Whether or not that translates into as many wins as they had last year, I don't know. Um, But as you say, they haven't really dipped in talent at all. Um, They did add Jordan Reed to the team, which I think is the best thing that ever happened with George Kittle, because I love the double tight end set for this offense. You bet. Their their offensive backfield is as deep as it gets with Raheem Mostert, Tavon Coleman, and now a very healthy. Jarek McKinnon.
1: With a killer offensive line, line. With a killer a offensive killer line offensive for line, them to run behind. defensive
2: line. You know, they, they used the first-round pick to get Javon Kinla from South Carolina, so their defensive line is even more robust than last year. Um, obviously, Joe Staley retired, leaving a huge gap in the offensive line, but they picked up Trent Williams from Washington, right? Who's about as close as he can get to filling that big gap. Um, now, Arizona, they were fortunate up to keep Kemyon Drake. And now have the services of pro bowler John Dre Hopkins. Uh, that should help Kyler Mernie now that he's in his second year. Uh, but their defense in Arizona actually got markedly better with the additions of Devondre Campbell, Devin Kennard, Jordan Phillips, and first-round pick Isaiah Simmons. And I, I think that Arizona is going to take a little bit of a step forward. And I think the 49ers are just going to be sort of floating in purgatory where they were last year. You know, it's seven points in a division game... And I, you know, both their games that they played last year actually went over the total. But I see this is going to be a, a bit of a lower scoring one. But I'm actually going to take Arizona with the points here. Um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna give me a touchdown in a divisional game like this, um, you know, San Fran's excited. But you know, well, it's not that I I'm going against my team. But you know, seven points is too much in a in a first week a week one game like this.
1: The reason why I asked you whether or not you know they take a step back is it is a really tough road back from, an, from, from a loss in the Super Bowl is only three teams have lost the Super Bowl and returned to win it the next season. That is the 2018 Pats, the 72 Dolphins, and the 71 Cowboys. Uh, but like you said, they've got a huge core of guys returning in that backfield. I just absolutely love it. Now, the thing is, yeah. if the Niners were to cover the spread, They'd really have to bring the D they need a good pass rush and they need a stellar like they just need to get their coverage game on as the Cardinals uh, last season over the last 11 games had three or more touchdowns in eight of their last 11 like that is unbelievable. So Kyler Murray has kind of come on, but you know, the Niners have a defense that really didn't lose a whole heck of a lot um you know obviously like you said that last meeting went over uh 49ers 36 cardinals 26 and here's what gets me is arizona didn't really improve much defensively right so Mm -hmm. i just i just don't i i don't see how they're going to stop the 49ers on this as long as it stays seven or under they don't put the hook on that seven i'm actually going with uh you're San Francisco 49ers, buddy.
2: Good. Thank you, Maddie. I'm glad that you um, have such faith in my team. I'm actually disappointed in you. Don't be. Do you want to win, want to win money or make friends, Maddie?
1: <laughs> I want to win money. That's why I'm betting on your Niners.
2: <laughs> when, the Saints, when the Saints come marching in.
0: marching in. When the Saints come marching in. Marching in. Uh-huh.
1: And our last game on Sunday afternoon is in the Big Easy where Orleans takes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the very new look Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, new Orleans, uh, three and a half point favorites at the Superdome, which is the best uh, home field advantage in sports, really. But no fans. I wonder how that's going to work out for him. Also an over under 49 and a half. Now, obviously, the big news here is Tom Brady is going to be playing starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is still kind of blowing. He's not
2: a Patriot anymore. He
1: is not a Patriot anymore. And get this. Bruce Arians is the the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Well, Uh the most turnover worthy plays in a single season since 2006. Jameis Winston, 40 in 2019. Carson Palmer, 40 in 2013. Andrew Luck, Forty in 2012 all in their first season with bruce arian
2: well but they were all in their first season period weren't they
1: well with the exception of last year hey all i'm saying Uh, is also tom brady turned 43 years old in august and uh i don't think any player in nfl history let me see yeah no player in nfl history has recorded more than 145 fantasy points at the age of 43 or more and uh, father time is undefeated i like tom brady well, I hated the Pats, but, you know, you got to respect a man with that kind of talent. Oh, I, I really do.
2: And, but, and and you you have to respect a septuagenarian who wears a tangle.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Bruce Bruce you know, Arians. He's a player's coach. You could tell by the tangle. But yeah. the thing with Brady is this. Okay. We watched Jameis Winston play with this team last year. And Jameis painful, is painful. not a good quarterback. But the thing is, he did not have a good old line. He was running for his life last year. Last time I checked, Tom Brady, if you wanted to time his 40-yard dash, you could do it with a sundial. Mm-hmm. So he better not be running for his life, or all those offensive weapons that he has will not mean anything. Because Brady, we know Brady, he does not take
2: sacks. He'll go down. they will go down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've got, okay, so they've added running back Shady McCoy, right, from from Buffalo.
1: Leonard Fournette. Uh,
2: Leonard Fournette from the Jags, and they kept Ron, uh, Ronald Jones Jr., and I think that's just going to do nothing but but help Brady and what you're talking about. Now, what, here's the weird thing in, in terms of a transition from New England to Tampa Bay. Last year, New England was second in the league in pre-snap movement. Last year, Tampa Bay was last in the league in pre-snap movement. So with Byron Leftwich calling the plays, I'm not sure who's going to have to adjust to whom. So it'll be an interesting scenario, but I'm actually more curious about the other side of the ball for Tampa Bay. And that's the fact that their secondary has five starters. All five starters are under the age of 25, by far the youngest uh, group in the league. And they're going against the fifth toughest schedule of teams in terms of deep passing efficiency. So I think if you can exploit that uh, lack of experience in their secondary, uh, you're going to have some pretty high scoring games here.
1: Well, we saw what and- the Buccaneers defense did last season, which was a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, that's the thing. You may have added all these offensive weapons. But if you can't stop anybody, you know, the Buccaneers were losing games last year, like 52 to 48. Like they just, Mm -hmm. they could not, they they scored a bunch of points. And I'm not saying Tom Brady's not going to score points. I mean, the guy's amazing. In fact, Brady's got as many Super Bowl wins, six, as the Buccaneers have playoff wins in their franchise history. That is. What? No, That is correct, sir. Yeah.
2: Well, didn't think, well, they won a Super Bowl.
1: They did, and that's where the majority of their playoff wins came from. And now you look at the Saint. You look over, like you said, with the Saints. They're going to attack the Buccaneers' secondary. Seventy-five percent of their offensive touchdowns went through the air uh, in twenty nineteen. That's the highest since twenty thirteen in the NFL, and I mean. Why not when you've got Michael Thomas? And by the way, I've got Michael Thomas on my team. Thanks to Andy. I wonder how Great that happened, draft. Ha- buddy. I wonder how that happened. Am I giving you credit? Giving you, are, you, credit you are. I love I got, you a got, got 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 lot. Well, but you know, I, I give you love you, you because know who you else? gave me good guys. You know who
2: else Breeze has? What's that? He's got Emmanuel Sanders. He came he from does. my 49ers midway through the season. Well, he sorry. Does. He went from Denver to my Niners midway through the season. Now, Kyle Shanahan runs one of the most complicated offenses in the history of the NFL. And he, he picked that up right away. So he's had a whole offseason to work with breeze and Sean Payton. And I think it will fit in there perfectly. And I don't think anyone's going to be happier about it than Michael Thomas. No, you because know? that takes a they, off you, double you, coverage for him. Yeah. Oh, you can't, no, you can't leave Sanders open. Threat. Yeah. No, I'm just going to say, like, if you consider where their salary cap is and the age of breeze, uh, you know, the window's closing windows closing quickly. Okay. So if they're going to make a run for anything, I think this is the year to do it. Tampa Bay's got, I don't know, there's just been too much transition uh, in the last little while with the team. I think they're, they will be good, even especially in the second half of the season. But I think in the first game, I think New Orleans is going to have their number here. And I'll, I'll take them at minus three and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on uh, the New Orleans Saints. Like I know that Breeze is also getting up there in age, but Breeze also has a much better offensive line. I think this is going to be a hard year for Brady. He's not used to playing for a losing franchise, and I think he's going to have to get used to it. I'm taking the same.
2: Oh, I think I think there'll be 500. I think there'll be 500.
1: For Tom Brady, 500 is being on a losing franchise.
2: Well, that's true, but I mean, he gets to see losing franchises all the time, playing against Miami, the Jets, and Buffalo twice a year.
1: Yeah, but he wasn't on the losing end of those beats. Guys like Brady don't dig being on the bad end of a beat. They really no. don't.
2: Hopefully, Warren Sapp will be on that sideline cheering them all on.
1: It's time for Sunday Night Football. When we head to Los Angeles, where the Rams are two and a half point underdogs at home against visiting Dallas Cowboys, over or under of 50 on this game. I think that might be a little high. Uh, everybody knows I'm not a big fan of Dak Prescott. He wants lots of big money, but uh, what has he done? Here's this. In four seasons, Dak Prescott has one playoff win where he threw for 226 yards, one interception. Last season, he was 0-9 in game-tying drives in the fourth quarter against playoff teams. And uh, in week 16, Dak 25 of 44, no touchdowns, 37.8 quarterback rating. You know, like, this guy, and he's, I'll know Jason Garrett, though, I guess, right? Has that been holding them back? Was the clapper the problem? No,
2: you know, that's kind of my first point as I was making my notes here. They don't have Jason Garrett crap in the bed um, just because they're not playing a big D for some reason. And Mike McCarthy is certainly an upgrade. Well, if Uh, I may quote the Packers
1: suck songs. The Packers suck yeah, song, he, right? Mike Super McCarthy Winnie is Mike. looking kind of barfy because he's choking on a big fourth down.
2: Well, but he still does have a Super Bowl ring, and Jason Garrett does not. That's um, true. So that's an upgrade. Can't take it away from and, him. No, just you know. And then and then they got a really big steal in the first round of the draft when they got uh, CeeDee Lamb um, from Oklahoma in the seventeenth overall pick. Like he should have gone much higher than that. So they got lucky doing that. Um, which again is you know it's going to do nothing more than help Amari Cooper by stealing some of that double coverage away from him. And last season they actually scored over a hundred points more than they allowed. And you know, normal patterns of regression would suggest that they're likely to add to their win totals. With really only the Eagles being a formidable foe in that whole or in that whole division. Rather, um, <laughs> it pains me to say this, Maddie. But I think Dallas is actually going to take a step forward this year. I think they, their team is better than it was last year. And even if it was about the same, just the way that the ball bounces, um, they should be on the uh, beneficiary end of it this year. You
1: say they got so, better. They got maybe, but I mean, they were the only team in in the NFL to lose two players with 80 or more targets in the offseason. They lost uh, Randall Cobb and Jason Witten, right?
2: Um, Yeah, yeah. They, okay, all right. Well, okay. Well, let's look at the Rams for a second. Okay. So they had, they got big contracts out now for, on Jared Goff.
1: Yeah. Aaron. Big Donald, mistake. And that, big
2: mistake. Probably a big mistake, but then now I'm not sure if you heard, but J- uh, Jalen Ramsey just signed a five-year, $105 million contract, 71 of it guaranteed. Boom. Largest ever for a cornerback in the history of the NFL. Now, Maddie, you played... Uh, a defensive back at a professional level you see that cake floating around when you were in the league
1: uh no i played in the canadian league so there was no cake floating around <laughs> well, i guess i, I guess was hoping there was, there was a no taxi chit there for me you're right about dude
2: you're right about the 105 Rams. mil oh my god and obviously the guy's probably the best at his position in the league I'm not arguing with it, but they've just been throwing. They've been just tossing a lot of money, and with not really a lot of results either. No. Nope. Um, now I, they're without Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks, Corey Littleton, and Dante Fowler. So where does that leave I, I, you know, It pains me to say, but at minus two and a half, I like the Cowboys in this one
1: this is where I run into my Cowboys suck thing is that the Rams suck even harder (laughs) they're not the Rams are not a good team like uh, Cooper Cup he's got something going for them like they seem to have the pieces right some of the pieces but they don't have a really good teams they're featured on hard knocks and most teams that are featured on hard knocks are going nowhere Dallas is a better team at least on paper than the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm with you. It's under, it's under a field goal. I'll take Dallas on Sunday night. I think they're, they're more up to the big game. And I, I I think that the LA Rams are going (sighs) to rue the day that they spent all that money on Jared Goff.
2: Well, I mean, he doesn't, he really even doesn't even call his own plays. I mean, their strategy is get to the line of scrimmage as soon as possible. And then you've got McVay. who reads the defense, then calls the play and he does an audible. Well, there's not a lot of flexibility with that system. No. And yeah. Um, anyway, so taking the Cowboys, but not Go Cowboys.
0: How about them Cowboys? Are
1: you ready for All right, we got a Monday night double-header. The Pittsburgh Steelers are heading into the Meadowlands to take on the New York Giants. New York Giants, six point underdogs at home. It uh, started around plus three and a half, though. So a lot of uh, juice went on to Pittsburgh. Uh, over under of 48. I mean, why not have some juice on Pittsburgh? They've won nine consecutive Monday nighters Obviously, Mike Tomlin knows something about getting his guys up for Monday night.
2: I don't know. It was just that was the biggest line movement of the week with the exception of the next game which uh has to do with a a very significant injury which we'll talk about devon miller but i don't know i the, the the discrepancy in the spread doesn't seem warranted to me um now pittsburgh they're always if you look at defensive rankings they're always at the top one or two and i just I couldn't figure that out because I can think, even my 49ers, I thought had a better defense. But they had 22 forced fumbles last year, and they recovered most of those. And that's the sort of thing that you're going to see not necessarily happening two years in a row. So albeit they have a good defense, maybe even a great defense. Um, And as you recall, late last season, they got safety Minka Fitzpatrick from Miami, who was paying dividends immediately. There really have been no other significant changes on their D. This is no question; they are good. Um, the offense, pretty much status quo, other than Big Ben. He'll have a new target and tight end Eric Ebron. Uh, but if we go to the Giants, um, you know, Danny Dimes still has the Sterling Shepherd, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram to throw to. No real wow factor there, but Saquon Barkley, man, they're gonna they're gonna pound that kid into oblivion this year. I got a I've got a feeling. Um, I don't know what your opinions are on on the giants right now, but um, the fact that my opinion is
1: not very good. I mean, they've what like the last bundle of seasons, what is it? Six wins or fewer in five of the last six seasons. Yeah. And you know, you look at a team like Pittsburgh, I mean, the Steelers 10 or more wins in eight of the last 13 under, under Tomlin. I think Tomlin, like when you're looking at teams that I think that are this evenly matched, you've got to look at head coaching. I know that you're a big proponent of that, and I think Mike Tomlin is a great head coach. I think he's a coach that is able to get his guys ready to play on day one. Mm -hmm. Is it worth six points on the road? I'm going to say yes. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can cover six points. I wouldn't touch this if it touches seven, though. You're going to want to stay away from it. Well, no, and I was actually at three and a half. At three and
2: a half, I was on the Steelers. Uh, but New York's kind of sneaky at home. They're kind of sneaky. They can, in and you're of, uh, right.
1: Saquon ATS, will, right. Saquon will help them control the ball. I, I completely understand. I just, I don't really think Danny Dimes, the book's out on him. I, I, they're going to be in the bottom of the league again. And I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are just like the luckiest team in the world. They're like the new New England Patriots. They just get to play in a division with a bunch of garbage next to them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so there you go. We disagree on that one, but not a big deal.
1: We're still friends.
2: <laughs> yeah, of course we are, Maddie. <laughs>
1: And for the second half of our Monday night doubleheader, we head to the Mile High City where the Denver Broncos are laying, uh, they, well, they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs, actually, at home against the visiting Tennessee Titans. Now, this spread was at minus one on Denver's side. Uh, dude, what do you think? This is uh, this is not looking good for, for Denver with Vaughn Miller.
2: No, it's the worst thing that can happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Really? Guy, well, obviously he's um, worth three points.
2: Arguably. Um, I don't really think he is, but I mean, just symbolically he is. Uh, he's the leader of that team, offense and defense, right? You got a second year quarterback. Yep. Um, Philip Lindsay's in his what? Second or third year at least, but that's about it. Um, they're a young team and, you know, Von Miller was kind of the glue that you know, carried over from that Super Bowl win three or four years was four years ago. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because I actually I, I had pretty high expectations for the Broncos this year. Uh, not that they've been entirely thrown out the window, uh, but you know they got Melvin Gordon um, from the Chargers, who I think is going to lighten the load for Philip Lindsay. And actually, speaking of loads and Philip Lindsay, does he still live at home with his mom doing his laundry?
1: Well, maybe he is, man. It's a good way to save money. You know, millennials these days.
2: Um, so that's that's Denver in a nutshell. Tennessee, I mean, you and I were on Tennessee pretty early in the season last year. Well, Derrick
1: Henry. Come on, man.
2: Derrick Henry. I mean, you can just say that name over and over and over again, because that's exactly what they did. They ran him and ran him and ran him. Except that last game against Kansas City in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and that's why they lost. So I'm hoping they they learned from that. Just run, Because there's one thing that's great on the road. Well, two things, actually. Defense and a running game. Those things travel very well. Tennessee's got both. And the Broncos just suffered a demoralizing loss. Because Vaughn Miller's also a big part of that locker room, man. Yeah. Uh, he's and, and obviously you, not out of the locker add- room. But who's that? Mr.
2: Tennessee added to their defense, Jadavion Clowney.
1: Jadavian Clowney, exactly.
2: Just yesterday, it, last night, they, they just added him to the team. So takeaway one, had a big another one on the other side. You know, Tannehill was playing really well. Totally playing yep. way above what we'd seen him play in Miami before. And that maybe spoke to Miami's uh, offensive coordinator. But, um, you know, I don't care if this game is at mile high or if it's on the moon. I don't care if the Titans are chalk or dog, but I'm taking the Titans in this one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I just can't see. You know, I can't see what Denver's going to do to overcome this. I definitely like the under. <laughs> but uh, oh, dude, these
2: these guys couldn't hit 41 points if the game was six quarters long.
1: Yeah, exactly. But uh, when it comes down to it i think the tennessee titans can easily overcome a field goal on the road with that running game and that defense if mm-hmm. the points that will be scored will be mostly on tennessee's side so yeah i definitely want to take the
2: titans definitely the titans definitely team sucks
0: please hang up and try again
1: And now a little segment we like to call Andy's total tease, and it's where, well, he gives you a total that he likes and a tease that he likes. So Andy, what do you like to this week?
2: Well, we talked about Pittsburgh, and we talked about the Giants, and maybe how their defenses are pretty good, and they've got a 48 total, and I like that game to go under. Um, It's going to be under the lights in prime time. Um, I don't see a lot of points being scored. I see a lot of running plays on both sides of the ball. So... Under 48 for Pittsburgh and the Giants. And my teaser, uh, the first half of it, will be my San Francisco 49ers, taking them from a minus seven down through the four and the three to a minus one. And the same thing, the Baltimore Ravens, taking them at minus seven and a half, down through the key numbers of a touchdown and a field goal, and get them at minus 1.5. So there you go. San Fran, Baltimore, there's your teaser. (laughs)
1: Well, thank you, everyone, for coming out and listening to week one of Almost Wise Guys. It is great to be back for another season. Now if you like what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week one games across the NFL from the Cosa Nostra Studios. For Andy, the prognosticator atridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central I'm Maddie Buller, get out and pick yourself
2: a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara.
0: Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back. To that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Yeah. There's something that made me come back again. And what could ever lead you?